continuing in our series called Enjoy today, and we're gonna be focusing in on what it looks like to enjoy family. Now, I don't know about you, but I have had lots of moments when I have had all of these grand ideas of what it was gonna look like for us to enjoy a moment, a tradition, a celebration, a day at Disneyland. How many of you have ever thought, we're gonna have the best day ever in the happiest place in the world and then you were just grumpy and disappointed the whole time? Or you were with someone who was grumpy and disappointed the whole time? It doesn't always go the way that we planned, right? Well, last weekend, we celebrated my youngest daughter, Abby's seventh birthday. And I captured something on video that I think describes what it's like for us sometimes when we really want to enjoy family, we really want to enjoy a moment, and it just doesn't go the way that we were hoping. So check this out. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Abby. Happy birthday to you. Now you gotta go closer. Woo! Woo! My cake is ruined. Now, if you didn't notice, she was jumping on a trampoline. This was a new birthday gift from her aunt and uncle, and we haven't been able to get her off of it. But part of what was so devastating was she's anticipating this cake and the candles in this moment, and then all of a sudden, there's cake on her new birthday present. It was not the best moment. Sometimes this is what it's like when we want to enjoy family. We wanna enjoy moments together. We wanna make memories together that we can enjoy. Life is happening all around us all the time. We wake up grumpy, or our kids wake up grumpy, or somebody gets sick and it you know, messes with the plans that we had. There's conflict or tension that we're navigating, or we're disagreeing about how to approach things or how to do things, or maybe we feel distant and disconnected from our family, the ones that we want to enjoy and the ones that we want to enjoy us. And then there's life happening around us in our community and in the world, at school and in the workplace. And so what would it look like if we were to choose to enjoy our family in the midst of life's ups and downs and twists and turns? That's what we're gonna be talking about today. What could it look like if we made this choice, even on days when everything is not going according to plan? and everything unexpected and stressful and difficult is happening. What would it look like if we found moments where we could spark joy in those around us, in those closest to us, in the midst of our family? So let's talk about joy first. Let's start there. We gotta start with a definition. Now there are lots of incredible definitions of the word joy. And the one I'm gonna give you today is not gonna be the exclusive definition of joy. It's gonna be one good definition of joy. Now what I've done here is I have combined two distinct definitions of joy that I think really should be bound together. So it's kind of my interpretation of the word joy. Joy is a pervasive sense of well-being that results from being known 
and sensing that others enjoy your presence. It's a pervasive sense of well-being. Even in the midst of chaos, in the midst of stress, in the midst of difficulty, there's a sense that I'm gonna be okay. I have people, I have God. It's been difficult before, it's difficult now, it'll be difficult again, but in the midst of the difficulty, there's goodness and life and joy. It's a pervasive sense of well-being that results from being known. When we are seen, when we are deeply known, when people are not just enjoying the shiny, good, happy parts of us, but they're choosing to enjoy us even when we're struggling or even when we're not at our best or even when we have a day when we're grumpy, when we are known deeply and then in that we sense that those around us enjoy our presence, this is joy. This was a couple of weekends ago, I had a Saturday and it was the first Saturday in a while we could just be home together as a family and I really wanted to just enjoy this day being together at home, enjoying my people and enjoying our space and I will tell you, I woke up that day and I was grumpy and grouchy and I didn't wanna be grumpy and I didn't wanna be grouchy and I kept trying to figure out why am I grumpy and why am I grouchy? I couldn't figure it out. Later that day, I said to my husband, Ryan, honey, I'm sorry. I know I'm kind of grumpy today. I don't know why. I don't have a reason. I'm trying to fix me and I'm not getting fixed. And he looked at me and he said, Carissa, you're human. You're allowed to have a day where you feel kind of grumpy. It's in that moment that I felt seen for the reality of who I am. And that even when I am not at my best, we can enjoy being together, that it's a safe place for me. There was such a gift in that. That's joy, it's this pervasive sense of well-being when we are known by those closest to us and we sense that they enjoy being in our presence. Now here's what I want you to know today. We spark joy when we give away our blessing. If we want to cultivate joy, if we want to chase joy, if we want to experience joy, we have to know how to create joy. We spark joy when we give away our blessing. Now, blessing is a funny churchy word. Have you ever noticed that? It's been kind of overused or misinterpreted. Mis Did I just say misinterpreted? <laughs> I'm sparking joy already this morning. It's been misinterpreted. Now it's just stuck in my brain. Miss, somebody help me out. Thank you. And see, you thought you couldn't preach a sermon. Blessing. We're going to talk about what blessing really is today because we do spark joy when we give away our blessing. And this week, if there's one thing that I want us to do so that we can enjoy our family, it's to give away our blessing. Now, family for you might look different than family does for me right now. Family for me is this world of five people living at home with a dog who is terrorizing us right now, by the way. She's seven months old and I'm not sure she's gonna make it to tomorrow. I might have to give her to Cherie. It's also in-laws and a family that's nearby that we get to celebrate and do life with. For you, you may be a single parent 
And blessing for you is giving away blessing to your kids, blessing to your parents, blessing to your siblings. You may be a grandparent or a great-grandparent and blessing is giving away blessing to those kids and grandkids and daughters-in-law and sons-in-law. You may be in high school over there and giving away blessing means giving it to your parents which by the way means more to them than you will ever know. Giving it away to your siblings, giving it away to your cousins who are younger than you. I don't know what family looks like for you. Maybe you're single and you're living with roommates. Guess what? Those roommates are pretty much your family right now. They see you in the morning before you've brushed your teeth. They get the real you. We spark joy when we give away blessing. Blessing is simply a fancy word for speaking well of someone. We bless one another when we speak well of each other. That's all it is. It's a fancy word for speaking well of someone. Now, Scott started us off really well last week. If you missed last week's sermon on enjoying God, you can leave right now and go listen. It was that good. He ended with these affirmations of the way that God thinks about us and the way that God feels towards us. And if we want to be people who are giving away blessing generously, part of that starts with God blessing us. God speaking well of us, thinking well of us, feeling towards us goodness and generosity and graciousness. Go back and listen if you missed it and if you were here for it, and you're still processing if you can really trust it, if you're still wondering how to integrate that truth deeper into your life, I encourage you to go back and listen to it again. You see, blessing starts with God. It didn't start with us. We see it in the scripture from the very beginning of scripture and woven out through both the Old Testament and the New Testament. God speaking well of you, speaking well of me, speaking well of God's people. Genesis 1:31 says God saw all that he had made and it was very good. This is God blessing his creation. This is God creating you and seeing you and knowing you and declaring that you are very good. This is happening at the end of the creation story. God had already declared the earth and all of the animals good. And then he created humankind in his own image and declared it very good. And then in another creation account we have in Genesis chapter five, we see God say, man and woman, we created them in our image and we blessed them. We bless them, we speak well of them, we think well of them, we are pleased with them. And then in Numbers chapter six, we've been singing a song now that's probably many of your, your favorite song that we sing in church. Well, it comes from this scripture. It is a prayer in the book of Numbers that the church, God's people, as they've gathered for thousands of years has been praying together corporately and over one another where it says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. This is God's blessing to you and over you. And then in Matthew chapter three, verse 16 and 17, 
we are seeing Jesus before he's begun his ministry. He has not preached one sermon. He has not healed one person. He has not gathered a crowd. He has not accomplished anything of any significance. And he's on his way to get baptized by John the Baptist. And it says the moment that Jesus came up out of the baptismal waters, the skies opened up and he saw God's spirit and it looked like a dove descending and landing upon him. And along with the spirit, a voice, this is my son, chosen, marked by my love, delight of my life. This is my blessed child, is another way that this can be translated. Whom I love, delight of my life. Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, that's great. Of course God thinks that way about Jesus. Of course God feels that way about Jesus. It's Jesus, Carissa. I'm here to tell you that maybe the best news that you will ever hear, this idea of gospel, this good news, is that that is the way that God thinks about you and blesses you and speaks to you as well that you are his beloved son, his beloved daughter. And with you, he is pleased. Before you do anything, before you accomplish anything in the midst of failures and mistakes and disappointments, God knows you and sees you, calls you beloved, chosen, enjoys you, delights in you. We know this because we see in Romans and in Ephesians and in other books in the New Testament, this theology that says we are co-heirs with Christ. That we are adopted into the family of God as sons and daughters. And then in Ephesians that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So this blessing that God pours out over the life of Jesus at his baptism, we get to share in that spiritual blessing. This is maybe the greatest truth that you and I will attempt to trust and to integrate into our lives. This last week, my youngest daughter, Abby, comes out of the classroom when I picked her up from school on Tuesday and I greet her and I can tell right away that something had happened that was not good that day. I said, honey, what, what happened? What's going on? And she began to tell me that another kid at school in her class had told her some things that that kid's parent had said about Abby that were not kind and were not true. And Abby was sad and there were tears. and Oh, honey, I'm so sorry that this hurt your feelings. And so empathizing with her, talking her through it, and then she wanted to share about it at dinner. She wanted dad to know. So we talked about it again at dinner that night as a family, and she's sharing the story. How are you feeling? Okay, now Abby, what is most important? She says, I don't know. And I said, what mom and dad think about you? What mom and dad say about you? She says, oh, yeah, okay. And Abby, what's more important than that? What's even more important than what mom and dad think about you and what mom and dad say about you? And she said, what God says about me? I said, yeah. And what does God say about you, Abby? That I'm amazing, 
That was exactly how she said it too. If you've met Abby, you know there's a lot of spark and spunk there and it's fantastic. But friends, what if you began to trust that and integrate it into your life that God says you are amazing? What if that could be in the midst of life's difficulties, in the midst of what everybody else is saying about us and to us, that we can come back to that centered space, that truth, that list that Scott preached over us last week, that God is proud of us, that we have this eternal dad is what Scott talked about, who is proud of us, who takes delight in us, who thinks we are amazing. And then it's out of that space that we give our blessing to others generously. So what does this look like? How can we begin to spark joy in our families this week through this gift of blessing? Well, I think this truth is most fully experienced in the context of family. We can live this out in our schools. We can live this out in our workplaces. We can live this out in our church groups and community. But there's something about those who know us best, who see us at our worst, when we wake up on a Saturday and we're just grumpy and we don't even have a reason why. When those in that space communicate to us through their countenance, through their words and through their actions that I enjoy being with you, we then begin to maybe consider that if they think that way of me, if they feel that way towards me, is it possible that maybe my eternal dad, the God of the universe, thinks that way about me too? So what does this look like? Well, we spark joy, ours and theirs, when we give away blessing. Now, this is really important. When we give our blessing away, there's a chance we're gonna spark joy in the other person. But friends, when we give it away, we spark joy in ourselves, which is really important because I know some of you are here and you're saying, Carissa, I haven't had people speak blessing over my life. Maybe you grew up in a home where that was just not, people, you think your parents and your caregivers and your grandparents thought nice things about you, but maybe they weren't good at saying it. Or maybe you grew up in a space where there was not blessing, there was cursing. Or maybe you've grown up and now you're a part of a family unit where there's tension and discord and you're struggling to live this out. And he would say, Carissa, I haven't had blessings spoken over my life. I want you to know that I see you and I get it. I have lived this out. That was not a part of my childhood growing up. The good news is we don't control whether or not others bless us, but we can choose to give away our blessing. And with that, we spark joy in ourselves and in others. So what does that look like? I give away my blessing when I see you and my face and my body language says, I'm so glad to be with you. That's one of the ways that we spark joy. When our faces and our countenance and our body language says, I am so glad that you're here. I'm so glad to be with you. I learned this, I don't know how many years ago. It's been since I became a mom. I had a lot of learning to do when I became a mom. And I don't remember where I read it or who wrote it or whose idea it was, so I'm not taking credit, but I'm telling you it works. 
that our kids and our spouses and our friends and our loved ones need to see our faces light up when we walk into a room. When we become present with them, we are looking to see, do I see you see me? And do I see you enjoy being with me? And so how many of you are morning people? You just wake up happy. Of course, there's no one here. Well, maybe two of you, because this is the late service. They were all at the 9.30, 9.30. I am not a morning person either. I just am not, I've tried. I've just, it's just, it's just not me, I'm not wired that way. However, I learned a long time ago that even when I wake up early, because I do, because I need some time and I need some quiet, and I'll be sitting in, in my spot at the bottom of the stairs, and when that kid or kids gets up at 5.30 with me, when I don't want them up at 5.30 with me, because then I lose the quiet, and they get to the top of the stairs, I'm gonna choose to look up, to smile, and to say good morning. I'm so glad to see you. That's not natural for me. It is a learned habit. And some days I do it and I don't feel like it. But I want this kid, these kids, it's usually just Landon because he's the early bird, the girls like to sleep in. Landon seeing his mom, I'm excited to see you this morning. Good morning, buddy. When they get home from school, when your spouse gets home from work, when you walk into church this morning, I was over here worshiping and I looked over and I saw one of my dearest friends in the world and her face lit up and she just waved at me from across the room and all of a sudden it sparked joy in me because I know that she is glad to be with me even if it's just from across the room. And so we spark joy when we communicate through our facial expression and our countenance. I am so glad to be with you. What does that look like for you? What does that look like in the context of your family? Now, this is not an original idea, even from the book that I read a few years ago. Think back to our blessing in the book of Numbers, where it says, the Lord make his face shine on you. This is a picture of God smiling when God thinks of you, smiling when God enjoys your presence and who you are. And then it goes on to say, God, make his face, turn his face towards you. I wonder how many of us grew up in a home where at some point a parent or a caregiver or an authority figure, when we made a mistake, when we messed up, when we pushed back, when we argued, said, get out of my sight. I can't even look at you. Some of us have had that experience. Some of us may even be someone who has spoken those words over people that we care about. And in that moment, there's this feeling of sadness and shame. It's the opposite of joy. And what we see in this passage of scripture in this blessing is that God's constantly turning his face toward you. That he never leaves us, he never forsakes us, that he knows us and he sees us and he's smiling and he is enjoying us. Not because of what we do, but because of who we are in spite of our grumpy moods and our failures and our mistakes and all of the things, there is never a moment when God's face is turned away from you. This is blessing. Now, I can hear you wondering, what if I'm angry? What if they're angry? What if we're angry? What if we're in the midst of conflict? What if I've just had to discipline someone or I've had to have a boundary conversation? 
What if we're all stressed and we're overwhelmed and we had all of these grand plans and everything went out the window and it didn't go the way that we had intended? Can we learn, even in the midst of the hard stuff, to look for the good in one another, to see the parts of one another that are created in the image of God? Even when I am frustrated with my family, I can choose in those moments to think and consider the goodness in them. And I am so grateful that they do the same thing for me. We had a kiddo a couple of weeks ago who got caught uh, on a device playing a game that they know they are not allowed to play on that device. And in the moment that meant, okay, hand over the device, it's gone now. And I don't know if you know this, but we give them no freedom. They get no freedom in our house and they were understandably upset. It was a bummer for them. And so we handled that, set the consequence. In those moments when we discipline, it's important for us to go back quickly. I see you, I love you. You made a choice that wasn't good. It's gonna be okay. We are gonna be okay. We're about to head in about 10 different directions because that's the season of life and parenting that we're in. And this same kid is still kind of pushing us away. They don't want to hear it. They're frustrated and angry. I get it. I'd be frustrated and angry if you took my device away. And as they walked by, I just gently put my hand on their head. I love you. And they kept walking. They didn't make eye contact. They didn't stop. They didn't respond. And that's okay. Not even four seconds later, they turned around, came back with tears for a hug. Even in the midst of conflict, disagreement, tension, we can express, I still enjoy being with you. I still enjoy you. I'm not enjoying this choice. I'm not enjoying these actions, but I enjoy you. Same kid yesterday. I thought maybe they had my iPad. And they weren't supposed to have my iPad. I couldn't find my iPad and I knew I would need it this morning. So I said to child, hey, do you have my iPad? No. So if I search your room, I'm not gonna find my iPad? No. Okay. Three seconds later, find the iPad. Not in their room. On the table, in the living room. A few minutes later, this kid comes over to me in the kitchen and they say, I'm gonna say this as nicely as I possibly can. I think you owe me an apology. I said, yes, you're right, I do owe you an apology. This is life, this is the ups and the downs and the twists and the turns and can we come back together and enjoy one another with our countenance, with our facial expression. And then we give away blessing I give away blessing, you give away blessing when I speak well of you to you and to others about you. So this is about not only using our facial expression and our body language to express I enjoy being with you, but I'm gonna use my words and I'm gonna tell you that I enjoy you and I'm gonna speak well about you to others. Now there's a key point to this that is really helpful and this comes from uh, Carol Dweck who wrote a great book called Mindset several years ago. And she talks about how when we are affirming one another, it's important for us to focus more on affirming who the person is 
rather than what they do. Think about that for a second. We tend to use our words to bless and affirm one another's actions, one another's achievements, one another's accomplishments. But if we can learn to bless and speak well of who someone is, their character, their integrity, it goes that much further. It sparks even more joy. This is when a kid brings home, you know, an A or a B on a test, saying, man, I'm so proud of you. You must have worked so hard. I'm so grateful that you are trying and you are doing your best and you are working hard. This was this last week. We have a baseball player in our home and he is a pretty dang good baseball player. Wednesday night, first game of the season, it was not a great game. He just did not have a good game. It was a tough game. They won. This kid did not play their best game. Friday night, game two of the season, this kid had one of the best games they've had. Two hits to the outfield. One of them was a triple. Threw a kid out at third. Great stop at second base. In that moment, when this kid comes home, oh my goodness, so good to see you. You had a great game. You have been working so hard. You've been sticking with it even when you had tough games, even when you've struck out. So affirming who they are, how hard they're working, how hard they're trying. Hey, I know we are struggling right now. I know we are not seeing eye to eye, but I'm in this with you and I love you and I am here and we are gonna figure it out. Thank you for sticking in this with me. Can we affirm who they are more than what they do? It goes even further because there's something about us that has connected that we are blessed when we are doing good. We are blessed when we are accomplishing things. We are blessed when we are achieving things. We are blessed when we're making everybody happy around us. But I want you to think back to God blessing Jesus. This was before any of that stuff had come to reality in his life. When we bless, when we speak well of our family, of the people close to us, let's speak of who they are. One of the best examples I have of this uh, came as a Christmas gift almost 13 years ago. This is a book called Fancy Nancy, and it is the Splendiferous Christmas. Now, the blessing and the gift is not the actual book. The blessing is what my mother-in-law wrote to me in the back of the book when she gifted this to me for Christmas that year. What you need to know is I was pregnant with our oldest kid, Claire, at the time. I was terrified of becoming a mom. I had no idea what it might look like to be even a good enough mom. But she saw in me what I couldn't see in myself. And she did not bless the things in me that were actually true at the time because I had not actually been a mom yet. But she spoke goodness over my life and called it out of me. I won't read you the whole thing because she wrote a whole page. But at the end she says, I love you and I love having a lifetime of Christmases ahead to celebrate together. If you weren't my daughter-in-law, I wish I could have you in my family. If I have mothers-in-law in the room, here's your Christmas gift this year. 
I mean, there's this blessing of saying, there was no guarantee in my mother-in-law's life that I was going to be even a decent or good enough mom to her precious grandchildren. In fact, if she were to look at my history and my family situation and the way that I was brought up, the cards have been stacked against me. And yet she chose to bless me, to speak well of me, of who I would become as a mom. Now she talked in there about baking at Christmas. That was one of the things that she was wrong about. I keep trying and I fail miserably. And then I feel extra guilty about it because I read recently that my son Landon at school, they asked him, what's your favorite scent? And he writes, homemade fresh cookies. I'm like, he gets them once a year at Christmas and they're not even that good. I gotta up my game here. But she called out goodness in me. So when we give away our blessing to our family, to our spouses, to our kids, to our grandkids, to our parents, our siblings, it sparks joy in us and sparks joy in them, even when they don't seem to want it. Even when they don't seem to need it, that's when they need it most. It sparks joy in us and in them, and then that joy becomes contagious, and it flows out into our schools and into our workplaces and into our church and into our community. And so this week, friends, can we give away our blessing generously? Can we see it and speak it into the lives of those around us? Can it start with those that we live with, those that we call family? Can we show them through our countenance and our facial expression that I am so glad to be with you? And can we speak well of them to them and about them? That will spark joy all over the place, even in the midst of all the chaos and stress and ups and downs and flat tires and sick people and running late and 25 different directions and bad grades and just, I mean, this is just life, but we can spark joy when we give away our blessing generously. So today what I wanna do is I wanna close with this blessing. And if you're here and you would say to me, Carissa, this is tough for me to trust. I heard Scott's message last week and I'm still grappling with whether or not I, I think I can trust that and integrate it into my life. When you hear me say today that God blesses you and God is pleased with you and God delights in you, if that is tough for you to trust because in all reality, you may not have had people speak blessing over your life. I want you to hear these words and I wanna invite you to picture that these words are coming directly to you from God. And I want you to imagine what the face of God might be looking like in this moment, the way that the scripture invites us to. So I'm gonna read it over you. And then I'm gonna have you read it with me a couple of times. Let's be a people who give our blessing away generously. Would you stand with me as we pray this blessing together? If you're comfortable, I would invite you to close your eyes or you can keep them open and focus on the screen, whatever works for you. But friends, this is the way that God sees you. This is the way that God speaks about you. This is God's blessing over your life. So I'm gonna read it and then I'll invite you to read it with me a couple of times. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. All right, can you pray this with me? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Let's do it one more time. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.